Now, if you're not familiar with the Syria Dome UFO, Jeremy Corbell, there it is, and George Nagel. <laughs> I hate this so much. <laughs> presented this to the world. Hello, world. Oh, world. This pixelated hmm. nightmare of a photo, supposedly from a fighter jet. Now, so no. some people are saying this is a mushroom cloud. And CJ, some people are comparing this. And when you once you see it, you can't unsee it to Kermit the Frog. <laughs> <laughs> like if Kermit the Frog has a little bow tie on, I can see that. Yeah. No, well, it's the Kermit the Frog float, you know, from the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you see there's little people on the bottom. They got the strings oh. attached. They're just towing him along. But I actually asked my son, "What? hey, what do you think this looks like? And he literally said a frog. We know now that in the early years of the 20th century, this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man's. Did the CIA write Wind of Change by the Scorpions? <laughs> <laughs> As humans busied themselves about the various concerns, they were scrutinized and studied. Dr. Loeb, what percentage chance do you give it that you have indeed uncovered extraterrestrial or non-human technology? With infinite complacence, people went about their affairs Yet across an immense ethereal gulf, intellects vast and unsympathetic through their plans against us. Prior to your abduction, did you believe in UFOs or any sort of alien life form? All things unexplained. So some of that I think sir will say for close session. Hello, all you unexplained ones out there. We are so grateful to you for joining us. We are here to talk to you about giant UFOs today and a few other fun things. We are so grateful for your support of our show. You can go over to BigfootUFO.com to find so many ways that you can interact with us and support us and keep us going. I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Mounts. Hello. Good evening, CJ. Thanks for joining me. Yes. Our poor, poor co-host, Smitty Neves, man, he is under the weather today. So he's yes. not joining us, but we wish him well. And we already have some people tuning in live. Somebody's saying hello from Australia. What time is it in Australia right now? <laughs> Very interesting because we're going to be talking a lot about an Australian journalist tonight. Oh, yes. So maybe we'll get some uh, insider insight from Australia. Also, Australia has been on my mind lately because we went and saw that UNC basketball game Friday night and three of the players on UC Riverside's team were from Australia. I couldn't believe that. I didn't know. Indeed, UC uh, Riverside brought the thunder from down under. Yeah. Oh, hello, it's 11.36 a.m. in yeah. Australia. Oh, wow. Welcome okay. to the show. Proof that people do watch live during the middle of the day. <laughs> We're just having this conversation. <laughs> middle of oh. their day, but that's a good point. Yeah. Could just yeah. Um, cater to the Australian audience. There you go. Well, welcome. Welcome to the show. If you have any questions for us and you are joining us live, please do put them in all caps so that we know and we can bring them into our show. We do love to answer 
our audience members' questions, or certainly at least get you engaged with, with your comments. And I think we should dive right in. We've got a few things we want to tackle before we get into the giant UFO. So Tim, what have, what do you bring into the table today? Well, first of all, I want to ask everybody, you know, please, one way you can help us defeat the evil algorithms out there is to comment wherever you're listening or watching. Comment, like, subscribe, follow, repost. It really helps the show out quite a bit when you do that. And CJ, one thing I wanted to bring up from this week, did you notice that SpaceX, Elon Musk, sent another rocket? Yes. Now, so this was a giant rocket, and its purpose was to go into orbit. And SpaceX actually has a contract with NASA, and NASA's paying them to build the next rocket, supposedly, that will land people on the surface of the moon. Now, guess what happened to the rocket? Yeah, I'm not getting on that rocket anytime soon. Yeah. Blown up. I tell you what, if you're volunteering or if you're getting paid to go on that rocket to the moon, good luck. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) There is not enough money in the world at this point to send me to the moon on, on one of those rockets. So this was the largest rocket ever, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? I believe that's correct. And by the way, I still want Elon Musk on the show because I would love to ask him, hey, do you have access to the most advanced technology available? I feel like certainly the answer would be yes, right? Right. What Do you need to call up the folks from the 60s with the Apollo program? <laughs> What's up? Do you have any of them on your advisory board? We believe, it seems, that we sent several groups of people to the moon. In the 60s with the Apollo programs. But Elon, what's up? You got the most advanced technology in the history of the world, but you can't even send this thing into orbit, Earth orbit? What's happening here? Or did we go to the moon? Exactly. That's a I'll whole other you, show that we've already done. <laughs> it is. But it does make you wonder, right? Like, seriously. Yeah. We we, we can't do it. We cannot send anybody to the... This is proof, right? And so why everybody just automatically buys that we sent all these people to the moon in the 60s, but yet acknowledges we can not literally send somebody to the moon right now, no matter how bad we want to. You're not going. I don't know how people, you know, rationalize those two things, but hey. Then again, we do have people on the International Space Station, which, you know, same technology, right? So I guess what's with the giant rocket? Why is there so much more power? Why is there so much more technology going into the to the giant rocket is that really to get people to the moon or are they thinking further i they're thinking mars right maybe so mars maybe a existing ufo base already on the moon (laughs) your guess is good as mine (laughs) now is this the same rocket that they're trying to be able to bring back and land you would presume so right this one they hope to collect in the ocean somewhere and and so it was supposed to come back Mm. down right but but well, because I know for a while close. they were working on technology that would launch and then would come back down and land on the Earth. Because if we're going to do real space travel, we have to be able to reuse our rockets. Right. But again, Apollo landed on the moon and then performed a much more complicated task. And that is taken off from mm-hmm. the moon and navigating all the way back here. Which, by the way, one thing I thought interesting is how many modifications they've made to the launch pad 
of these rockets. Well, how do you guarantee what your launch pad is on the moon? <laughs> True. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's do you a... take the launch pad with you? It reminds me of um, a league of their own, right? The way it works is the train moves, not the station. You just take the whole kit and caboodle up there. We'll just shoot for the dark side of the moon and hope <laughs> for the best. <laughs> so, C CJ, there were a couple other stories here in the last week or so. And what this show started off being originally about, Ross Cothart. 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 <laughs> and he's made a... Cothart. Cothart. And he's made a lot of statements about a giant UFO here recently. But then, of course... Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp on their podcast, Weaponized, they broke a picture of a UAP. So that's always a big story, right? New picture of a UAP. And we had to put that in. And by the way, this is kind of really rub people the wrong way, this picture. But, you know, we'll dive a little bit deeper into that. You want to go ahead and look into that, CJ? Yes. Let's dive right in. All right. So we're going to attempt to examine and analyze the Syria Dome UFO and Ross Cothard's giant UFO, okay? Now, if you're not familiar with the Syria Dome UFO, Jeremy Corbell, there it is, and George Nagel. <laughs> I hate this so much. <laughs> presented this to the world. Hello, world. Oh, world. This pixelated mm. nightmare of a photo supposedly from a fighter jet now so no. some people are saying this is a mushroom cloud and cj some people are comparing this and when you once you see it you can't unsee it to kermit the frog <laughs> <laughs> like if kermit the frog has a little bow tie i can see that yeah no else the kermit the frog float you know from the macy's thanksgiving day parade. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you see there's little people on the bottom they got the strings oh. attached and they're just towing him along. But I actually asked my son, "What? hey, what do you think this looks like? And he literally said a frog. <laughs> it does look like a big frog head, a big yeah. Muppet frog or cartoon frog. But, you know, and a lot of people are upset because this is so incredibly pixelated. Right. I'm upset. If we're going to be upset, I'm going to join in on that. You're going to throw this at me and say this is your best evidence of a UFO. Oh, Yeah. You know, this picture reminds me of some of the video games I played when I was a kid, the very first games on the Atari 2600. And so, you know, <laughs> basketball was a set, you know, two block people dribbling a block and shooting right. at a block. Man, this is really what this reminds me of. And speaking of CJ, so I talked quite a bit about this picture this, this week. And if we were to examine the probabilities of what's happening here, okay, what do you think is the probability, and I'm just wondering, that they take a picture and they purposefully pixelate it into something that we just can't construe, right? And then they just draw us in. It depends on who they is, right? If we're talking about Jeremy Corbell, 0% chance. You think Zero. so? Yes, because he wants everybody to believe in UFOs. That's his whole thing. That is his thing. UFOs are real. Here's all of the proof that we have. This is not proof 
of a UFO to me. No, there, you're right. This is nothing. This is, I could not tell you what this is a picture of. I can't even see if you say, I really want you to envision the dome shaped UFO in this picture. I cannot see it. So 0% chance that Jeremy Corbell is purposely releasing a pixelated image so that we can't quite figure out what it is. Well, good. Well, I'm glad you said that because I would like to believe that, right? But I think the question some people are wondering is, is the unpixelated version of this something mundane? Maybe a spy balloon, maybe a, a drone that we would obviously recognize. But you want people Maybe to tune a smudge in. on a camera. I mean, it. <laughs> <laughs> right, it could be a smudge on the camera. A little, a little backstory here. So apparently, in 2021, December over Syria, the fighter jets did engage two UAP. This is how they were first reported as UAP. At least one of them. This one, apparently, was fired on by a UK fighter jet with a missile. So this is also very reminiscent of the spy balloon and the Alaska UFO that was supposedly shot down, right? So one thing we don't know is how big is this thing? I I would say there's a lot of things we don't know. <laughs> well, and because we don't know how big it is, we also don't... This, this could explain the pixelation, and that is distance of the fighter jet from this object right or zoom right like we know if you zoom things get more pixelated but that's a little disheartening right because we've seen photos videos from space basically or orbits from satellites and just as clear as day right and is this really the best we can do from a fighter jet this is the best we've got yeah, I don't know. I mean, all of this is very frustrating because there's so little that you can really gather from this one picture. Do I want to believe that fighter jets came upon something that was they couldn't identify and they wanted to shoot? <laughs> sure, I, I would love to believe that. I would love to believe that there are things going on. This is not proof to me. No, definitely not. Now, one thing that does lend a little bit of validity to the story is that apparently the the pilots said that the second one or one of them, the one they didn't fire at, sped away so fast they, they couldn't keep up with it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, that I would believe. Now, is there video or audio of the pilots at all? Not that we know of. Not Have that the pilots got. come out and spoken and said that they did this where where is this information coming from as far as i know only to corbell and now that's where the information hmm. is coming from now of course hey if if one of these things did speed away i think that kind of that lends us to believe that uh, either drones are off the table or uh-oh somebody's got a drone way more advanced than we do or that we realize however they did say on weaponized that fighter pilots from other countries were shooting these down as well and so in Mm -hmm. their mind this eliminated the possibility that it came from one of those other countries because they were engaging these uap as well as a matter of fact they were engaging so many cj they literally stopped reporting the 
the UAP sightings. Yeah. What do we consider a drone these days? Because our military has unmanned aircraft that can fly at very high speeds. That's a great question. I've wondered the same thing because I feel like when drones originally came out, they were kind of associated with two things, size, small, mm -hmm. and unmanned or remote control. And now I feel like the technology has advanced so much, neither one of those or, or both those don't necessarily apply. We, we have essentially aircraft-sized unmanned right. drones, right? Even drones, what they call drones, but then also just straight up, we believe, stealth fighters right. that don't necessarily have to be manned. So the drone that originally came out that we all associate with drones, those are now used to do like light shows, you know, <laughs> like, oh, right. how fun. Look at these drones making all of these great images in the sky. <laughs> like that's how easily developed those things are now that companies have thousands of them that they're using to just do light shows. We've gone so far beyond the original drone that people were buying and flying in their backyards and crashing the first time they got them because they were very difficult to fly. I still think they are pretty difficult to fly, but yeah, I mean, who, who knows what they saw, but unless we have the actual pilots coming out and saying, Hey, this is me. I was on that flight. I took that picture. Here's what I saw. All just feels like speculation. And do we have other fighter pilots coming out and saying, I've seen something like it, or this is, I don't know, like actual people that are saying these things and not just group speculation? Well, I think part of the problem is this whatever's happening remains classified. And so that any of these military folks are bound, you know, by the classification of the matter. So that's a problem. We have listener SEQ UFOW in Australia, and they commented this image. They are referring to Kermit the Frog UFO. <laughs> says, Nothing. Need video. Video would be amazing. Was this a quick flash or was it an object that stayed in the sky for a while? I have better images than this, but many are just quick flashes. Whoa. Wait a second. Better images that you yourself have taken? And if so, how do we get those posted? <laughs> yeah, let's let's get your people as better UFOW images that people have sent people. you, or better images that you have found elsewhere. Where are these images coming from? That's well, awesome. they're in Australia too, right? And Australia yeah. is a big topic on this show tonight. And I feel like Australia is a hotbed for UFO activity. Oh, here we Live go. Stream all here on YouTube. Oh, oh, look at your cool logo. That is cool. It's S E Q U F O W. Man. So everybody needs to check that out. We're going to yeah. check that out. Maybe we can get a show together. That would be pretty great. Let's see. They post everything on their channel. That's disclosure right there. Posting everything on their channel. That's what. That's something Corbell and now learn from and that's from seq ufow here just put it out there you know that's one of the things that still bothers me cj is we have these folks who just keep teasing us with these mm -hmm. pictures and videos and these stories <laughs> and we're going to get into more of that tonight right 
But yet the same people keep calling for disclosure from the government and the military. Well, how about you disclose? Right. And you claim to have to, all this information. Yes. Yes. And in doing my research for what we're going to talk about tonight, I got a little frustrated with the exact same thing. Like, oh, I can't tell you because. Yeah. And that's kind of a theme for the night. We've got now Corbell, who, by the way, I'm taking nothing from them there. Their legacy keystone figures in ufology, and we've got Rose Colthart, who is the same situation. They supposedly know some of the biggest secrets in, in the world, right? But they're not revealing what they know either. So it's hard to know, you know, where one bit of secrecy ends and disclosure begins. Like, what what's happening here? Well, the so. frustrating thing, too, is that I personally feel like I'm on this brink of fully believing that, yes, something else is happening because so many people are talking about it because so many people say that they have evidence. I personally don't feel that I have seen anything in my mind that goes, okay, yes, this is true. Like I haven't seen it with my own two eyes. I've had a lot of people come on this show and tell us their stories of things that they have seen or talked about even being abducted, right? And every time I listen to them, I, I believe them. I feel like what they're telling me is true. But I have so much exposure to it, and I still am on that brink of, I don't know what's going on out there. Think about all of the other naysayers, the people that don't believe, that have no intention to believe. And then you have these very big names in ufology What's the UAP version of that? Uapology? <laughs> Uapology. <laughs> it's a UAPology. I'm sorry. <laughs> we cannot reveal everything we know. <laughs> we are UAPologizing because we ain't telling everything, folks. You got me coughing. <laughs> you okay over there, My UAPologies. This you. is what happens when I have a cough for like weeks on end. If I start laughing, I just go into a coughing fit. So, anyway, one hundred percent myself. But, but the fact that we've got these big names that are just constantly teasing us with with information that they don't ever fully share leaves all of the other people that haven't, you know, gone in head first, going, "No, this is all fake." Yes. And by the way, we officially own the copyright to UA Apology now. And we <laughs> tend to, to be using it quite a bit. Well, some other things that came out in Weaponized with Corbell and Knapp, they did reveal what the primary qualifications for engaging UAP were. And this has been a topic ever since, ironically, the 2023 U.S. Super Bowl and the two qualifications for engaging UAP by the military and by engaging, we mean like, heads up, we're fisting to shoot you out of the sky. One, proximity to ground troops. And of course, the Syria image was supposedly taking over an active war zone, I believe. Mm. And two, if the target appears to either have a payload or is capable of holding a payload. And that's understandable, of course. I'm not sure how either of those explain the Chinese spy balloon, which was just <laughs> drifting across the United States. Oh, yeah. That, that all felt like it was for show. So why does... Yeah, that's a great point, CJ. Why do the qualifications for engaging UAP over Syria by the UK fighter jets, why do they not... Why are they so much more stringent 
than our own qualifications for engaging airborne threats over our own airspace over the <laughs> United States. I mean, the spy balloon was gigantic. It was huge. Yeah. It probably did have a payload. And it certainly was capable of holding a payload. Right, and another thing that we don't know, right? They've supposedly recovered it. What have we heard about what was on it? Right. Nothing. Now, also, should it matter if it's proximity to ground troops or proximity to, say, Raleigh? I don't... Forget them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's deja vu with the F-35 that went missing, like, Okay, nothing to worry about, nothing to see here, folks. It, it might crash into downtown Charlotte, but whatever. We, we're just well, out looking for us. Let us know if you see it anywhere. <laughs> yes. If everybody could just um, look up and let us know if they see a rogue fighter jet falling out of the sky, that would be great. Oh, yeah. It's very, they live with our friend Rowdy Roddy Piper, rest <laughs> right? Comply. Wake up, right. shop, go to mm -hmm. work, obey, you know, so obey. nothing to see here. <laughs> so, CJ, I did ask one of our military consultants named Simon. He only goes by Simon. <laughs> Simon and, says. And Simon says, well, I asked this? him, hey, what do you <laughs> see here? What do you make of this picture? And Simon actually said something profound that made me have a little bit more respect for the picture. And that is, hey, whatever is in this picture could have been jamming our systems. Mm. And thus, the reason for the pixelation. True, but if that is the case, the pilots would know that, right? They would know that what they took a picture of does not look like the picture that came out on the other side. And you would think that that would be knowledge, like information that they would share, right? Like, I know that this looks like Kermit the Frog, but what we <laughs> actually saw when we shot at it was you know, fill in the blank. Right. But we have, in all fairness, heard from pilots. Well, there have been reports that pilots have said, like supposedly with the Alaska UFO, that it did interfere with our systems, that it did mm -hmm. seem to be jamming our system. So... Right, and that's another thing that we heard from the person on the Navy um, ship. That there yes. was a bunch of drones flying around it, and all of a sudden all of their systems were jammed and they couldn't get online in any way. Right. Now, one major regret I have with this picture, I keep going, I keep thinking back to some of these lawmakers that have claimed to seen top secret photos, and they say, wow, you know what I just saw? I can't describe I can't place any words to describing what I just saw. Okay, so I'm just hoping, may, well, you know what? Maybe the unpixelated version of this is something like that. Or maybe it's Miss Piggy instead of Kermit <laughs> the Frog. <laughs> well, you apologize, <laughs> folks, because... To be the fair, the show is all things unexplained. We didn't promise to explain anything. <laughs> no, right. And so I think it's fair to, you know, acknowledge some of the possibilities here. You know, is it it could is it possible it's a drone? Sure. Spy balloon. Yes, definitely could be something like that. 
Um, top secret military tech, you know, for sure. And of course, alien UFO is on the list of possibilities, but unfortunately, they're still all a possibility, even with the picture. Right. Let's move on. That yep. one made so me So enough angry. of Kermit. We only had one slide on that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so we're on pace for a midnight finish here, folks. <laughs> Maybe Jeremy or George would uh, join us if we stay on that late. SEQ UFOW says, looks like it's from the Space Invaders game. It it, it totally does. Like, they're just moving I don't know that from game. the top of the screen. Well, Space Invaders, I'm pretty... No, well, Centipede had the little ball. Space Invaders might have had a ball that you move around. But you just that the pew-pew-pew one, and you just move the gun on the... <laughs> close. You just... You have a little spaceship at the bottom of the screen. You can only move it left and right, I think. And yeah. All these aliens are descending from the top of the screen, like, down toward the bottom. You just got to... Nice. That was the one of the original, um, what did they call it? Like wrist jammers or something. Like you just had to keep like pop, 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 oh. tapping the button with your hand. <laughs> like that was the key to victory. Right. It but also if like this is the, this is how far we've come in our ability to take pictures is that this looks like a game from the 1980s or whatever. <laughs> this is not a good sign. Not a good sign. Yeah. It, it, um, it could also be pitfall hairy like swinging on a vine over an alligator pen so that um there's still a lot of possibilities okay on to the giant ufo this is ross cothard's giant or so we think that's how you say his name but i have literally tried watching every interview he's ever done and nobody says his name for the rest of this show we're just going to stick with Ross, ross australian journalist ross ross it is and he said, you know, people are going to question what I'm about to say. This has been a little bit while back now. But what if that is so big it can't be moved? And I think I have a right. little video. This is this video is just a compilation of, of his comments about a giant UFO. So let's see if I can pull that up. It can't be moved. Is that what you're saying, Ross? Is that what you've been That's told? That's exactly what I'm saying. How big is big? Big. So big, they built a building over it. In a country outside of the United States of America. Let's see this investigated. Let's just see what happens. Let's test these allegations before the Congress. Imagine if what Mr. Grush is saying is true. Think about the implications of that. And imagine if, as I've just intimated to you, some of these objects are not capable of being moved because they're too bloody big. No, seriously, though, Ross, that's that's nuts. So you were told by someone, a, a trusted source, I imagine. that Multiple. And the debate, and it was all had very kindly, and you had some supporters, others a little bit more frustrated, was around why exactly you aren't allowed to say where the craft is. And I wonder, is that protecting sources or uh, what would happen if you came out today on this podcast and said, okay, Andy, the the craft is in France. Let let me tell you, I can't tell you the country it's in. It's not America. But what I can tell you is that the place where it is kept is used for another purpose that is a laudatory purpose. That's as much in your interests in your country in the UK as it is in mine in Australia and as it is in America. So the simple reasons are that, you know, there are 
other uses for the place where this object is stored. And we could end up with a Storm Area 51 type scenario if you came out and announced it. I can tell you, mate, that would be a nightmare. Absolute nightmare. I don't want the personnel in those facilities to be hurt. Uh, And it could. It could create an international incident. All right, CJ. So there's, I feel like there's a lot to unpack there. What and word I, did he use? Laudatory? Laudatory. Yeah. And all I, I believe it's L A U D A T O R Y. That's what I was looking up. It says of speech or writing expressing praise and commendation. I don't understand. Well, I think say? the bottom line is this place has a very important purpose. Praise. Okay. And I think we have to ask ourselves. purpose. Right. And I don't think the question is necessarily, is Ross lying? <laughs> I, no, that I is the question. <laughs> well, no, well, sort of. Cause, but I honestly think, okay, he believes what his sources are saying. Mm-hmm. This is not, of course, his only UFO story. So the question is, what portion of... The, what his sources are telling him is the truth. Right. And I find this one so interesting because now he's talked about it more than once and revealed multiple things. And if this is true, okay, this is worthy of digging into. Like somebody, I feel like, could get to the bottom of this and it starts tonight. <laughs> <laughs> there's a song there, right? I feel like there's a song there. Okay, so... Giant UFO that can't be moved. There's a building. Okay, oh, where's that word? Do you have it in here? There's a building around it that's being used for another purpose. Right. Um, so, which makes, which of course makes me think of Area 51. Is that why Area 51 was built? Was it built around something that they were trying to hide? And then they started disassembling it right there to try and reverse engineer it. Is that why Area 51 exists? Could be. Now, of course, he did say it's not in the United States. It's right, I'm just United saying States, but if it this could, has happened elsewhere. Right, for sure. And, and, of course, he could just be saying that to throw us off the track of his sources, right? And some of the things, the major takeaways from what he said is big. So big they had to build a building over it. It's, according to him or his sources, outside the U.S. And he encourages Congress or somebody to investigate this. And... He said he's been told by multiple sources and that it does serve a very important purpose, the location. So at least a dual purpose, right? One to house the UFO and something of strategic importance, by the way, to Australia, the United Kingdom, and the United States. Okay, so just so that I'm clear, he's saying there is one. Yes, we're not talking about multiple UAPs in multiple locations that are being housed in buildings that were built around them. We're talking about just one. Right. There could be multiple, okay. but he's saying his sources have told him of one giant UFO. Okay. So what I thought I'd, or what I thought we would take a look at, CJ, is just break this down and, and what are where are some possible locations? for this giant UFO. 
I think the first thing that popped in my mind is Palmdale, California, remote desert areas. <laughs> That's CJ's hometown. Low population density and limited civilian activity. Yeah. I mean, it's it's grown since I first moved out there. When we first moved out there, I was an infant. And um, the entire town exists because of aerospace. So you've got Lockheed Martin out there. You had Rockwell out there for a while. You've still got Northrop Grumman. You've got Boeing. You've got Edwards Air Force Base. All of these places are out there in this nothing town that is essentially desert for as far as you can see. And everywhere you look, there's giant hangars where they're just building aerospace. And there's lots of secrets out there. Oh, yeah. And not only that, but of course, giant swaths of land in the United States and the West and Australia, for sure, are desert remote areas. I don't know about the UK. I don't know if the UK has any remote desert areas. If anybody knows of any, certainly let us know. But I do think remote desert areas, you know, is a possibility. As are... You you had, before we move forward, you had messaged me a few weeks ago or maybe months ago. I don't know. My brain doesn't actually work in that way. But... You had said, hey, do you know anything about this location out in Palmdale? And it was an older, I can't even remember now, what was it used for? <laughs> an older airspace of some sort. Right. And I don't think anything happens out there to my knowledge, but <laughs> they have you know, old planes and things out there on display in a big hangar. I don't know what's in there. Well, and of course, this would be one of the theories, right? Like what better place to hide something? And in plain sight, mm-hmm. like a museum, right, or somewhere you know open to the public, it, it would be a brilliant move, right? Yeah. Now, what if it's at the Dura Museum of Life and Science, and what we think is a fake spacecraft in the middle of that thing is actually <laughs> real? <laughs> yeah, and you got the Durham Bulls putting out T-shirts with UFOs on them. <laughs> What's up with shooting that? Shooting them right out of cannons, you know. I think somebody knows something that we don't know. <laughs> They're just teasing us. They're like, oh, these idiots. <laughs> Matter of fact, we're going to we're gonna examine it in a little while, CJ. You and I might be sitting on top of this giant UFO right now, and I kid you not. We might literally be Oh, yeah, I know where you're going with this. Okay, let's get into it. Of the giant UFO, but of course, <laughs> very similar to remote desert regions. You know, it could be in the Arctic or Antarctic, yeah. and we've always heard a lot I'll about I'll never know, Antarctica. but I'm not going there. But we do have Noah Stricker on the case, though. True. The Michael Jordan of birding. Poor Noah. It's like, and <laughs> I think he's in Antarctica right now without access to anything except penguin technology because he has not replied to my emails for a while. He, thrown, he was thrown by our questions. <laughs> he really was. <laughs> but I you think thought you were coming looking. out to talk about birds, buddy. We want to know what sort of UFO activity you've seen in Antarctica. Yeah, I know, right? Like... I mean, I I did post an incredibly foreboding picture of a of a penguin colony before we came on the show, so that <laughs> should have been a clue. But of course, Antarctica, extremely remote, harsh conditions, limited human presence, challenging accessibility, all the things you know a top secret UFO cabal could hope for if they're trying <laughs> to cover up a giant UFO. And of course, not coincidence maybe that we shot a ufo down over near dead horse alaska right and friend of the show dane bait told us hey this is barren this is 
It might be really close to Anchorage up there, but you just take a few steps out of town and you're pretty much off the grid. So Antarctica continues to be a potential for alien activity. Makes a lot of sense if you ask me. As does, this one keeps coming up a lot now with USO's underwater facilities. Well, if it's submerged, this would add definitely an extra layer of secrecy and security, CJ. Well, yes, and, you know, very few people have ever gone underwater, you know, in a in a real way. Have right. ever really gone down far enough to explore the bottom of the ocean. I mean, that is a very small percentage of people that have done that. But maybe those people that were going to look for the Titanic, maybe they weren't going to look for the Titanic. Maybe that was just a cover-up. It could be. I mean, I know from my point of view, that was a lot of money to pay to go mm -hmm. see the Titanic because boring. Right. And With maybe somebody was on to them and knew what they were trying to do. And maybe that's why they lost their lives. Yes. Very tragic. And according to David Crush, that would not be the first time such subterfuge has taken place in regards to UFOs. And of course, if you missed our episode, a friend of the show, adventurer Dane Beck, he used to work on these commercial fishing vessels, right? We're talking incredibly remote areas, hundreds of miles from anything, land, military craft, anything. And him and an entire vessel had a very intense UFO encounter over the water. Not to mention the fact that their grizzled old ship captain constantly regaled them with stories of seeing UFOs over the ocean and told them that he witnessed them literally sucking fish up out of the ocean. Don't you think the, that those deep sea fishermen were like, dang it, we've been out here all day and caught nothing. <laughs> you oh, just yeah. hover over the water oh, and suck up all of our fish. Should have hit it with a harpoon. That's what they should right. have done. <laughs> like, That's what shooting at. Man the wheel. Load the harpoon gun. We gotta get this thing. <laughs> but, you know, I did see, I think this was from, this was a physics post. It could have been from Neil deGrasse Tyson as he was briefly talking about physics recently. He likes yeah. to talk about a lot of other things. Yeah. <laughs> but water, actually, underwater facilities, was listed as the most plausible location for an alien base. And here's the reason why. Because atmospheres are very unpredictable. The atmosphere of one planet in our solar system is approximately 800 degrees, I believe. The atmosphere of another planet in our solar system it could be negative 800 degrees. Meanwhile, if you find any planet with water, then in that water you're going to be within a very tiny spectrum of conditions, of temperature, of what, you know, so aside from like the chemical chemicals in the water and such as that, as far as pressure and temperature, you're talking about a very predictable, stable set of conditions there, which actually makes underwater a much better place for aliens to seek to place a base. 
That's true. I never thought about that. But it would also make sense why people see so many UAPs around water. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's been lots of sightings. And thank goodness I can mute my microphone. Otherwise, you would have a very difficult time editing this podcast. I think I have a plague of some sort. Well, <laughs> it could be Ebola. I've, I've read a lot about Ebola, and so far you meet several of the con- conditions. That, that it was nice knowing you. Speaking of editing, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can hear this full episode tomorrow morning when you wake up. <laughs> That's a, wow. It's a fast turnaround time. Yeah. There's going to be very little editing. So we're going <laughs> to. I'll go ahead and I'm muting myself then i i you apologize now because what you hear <laughs> tomorrow could be a little rough i'm gonna call it all things unexplained raw so it's fine it's unfiltered un, unedited another potential place for a uap uh giant ufo is isolated islands pacific indian ocean could host such, such locations this ties back into the water of course Makes a lot of sense to, you know, there are islands that the general public cannot access or are not allowed access to. Yeah. There's a, yeah. And if there's I'm going to make islands. that, you know, cross universe journey, I'm going to need an island to chill on for a little bit before I start meeting the local peeps. Oh, yeah. And of course, if the island is controlled by the U.S., you know, then no other countries are checking it out either yeah so also you know who owns their own island richard branson who's also now trying to go to the moon connection probably probably i'm not signing up for his flight to the moon either by the way (laughs) and by the way what's the odds that this whole moon missions crap is just a cover-up right for something else high very high very high yeah like, there's more to the story of this Apollo stuff. I'm not going to get off on this again. This Apollo stuff. Yeah. Boy. But, okay, why NASA flew themselves to the moon in the 60s, but they got to hire Richard Branson and Elon Musk to get there in 2023? What's up with that? Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Space Cowboys right there. <laughs> Space oh, Cowboys. Wow. The remake. <clears throat> Some people call them the Space Cowboys. I have to do this show alone. (laughs) (laughs) To be continued. Thanks. Like. Share. Follow. Comment. Subscribe. Support. What's your hot take on Travis Taylor? (laughs) (laughs) I've got an exclusive for you guys if you want it about the Alaska. We do. Okay, okay. More at BigfootUFO.com. All things unexplained. So some of that I think, sir, will save the post session.